Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the blood, aren't you? Thankful for the blood. Thank you, Susan, for that wonderful song this morning. And praise the Lord for His faithfulness, His goodness. Let me uh, say again how good it is to have all of those who are visiting with us today. And I understand that Brother Terry Trammell's daughter is with us today. Right there. Stand, if you would, so we can all see you and welcome you to the house of the Lord this morning. So glad to have you with us. We love Brother Terry Trammell. He's a great preacher of the Word of God and well-known throughout the Pentecostal holiness ranks, and we just appreciate your stopping in. And, you know, we'll let you come anytime, anytime. Amen and amen. We'll let all of y'all come. It's good. I finally was able to meet. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, so don't get... But Jeff and Betty Jo's son and daughter-in-law heard so many great things about you. Thank you for being here today. And, uh, and my brother down front here, so good to have you with us this morning. And we want all of you all to come back. Let's give our visitors a round of applause. Now let me give you, I know what next weekend is. We used to attend a very large church for a season in Jacksonville. And when they had special uh, services or they had holiday weekends, they'd have special services. I can remember back several years running, they would have like uh, the Crab family come in and just minister over the weekend so that they would try to fill the house when it was a holiday weekend. And that would, that would uh, do it, <laughs> as you might would guess. But uh, next weekend will be the 4th of July holiday weekend but how many knows we still have church right here at Stoneville? Amen? We are going to be entertaining our entire family with having them with us next Sunday. So please plan on being here to meet. You've already met our youngest daughter. We'll have our oldest daughter. We'll have all of them here. Their husbands should be here and all of our grandchildren. And how many of you like showing off your family? Y'all like that? Well, Alicia and I like showing off ours, so be here. If nothing else, if I, can't, if I can't shout and jump high enough to get you back, then please come to meet our lovely family, and you will be blessed to meet them. You'll be blessed to be here next week. Well, if, without any further ado, if I don't get with it, I'm going to be remiss in my duties of preaching the message the Lord has given me today. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to 2 Timothy, the third chapter, and I will be reading the 16th through 17th verses. When you find that, if you'll stand for the reading of God's Word, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Okay. 
2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All Scripture, and underline all, A-L-L, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray that you would bless this message and anoint it. I am nothing, absolutely nothing without you, without the Holy Spirit taking over and anointing and speaking through me this morning. I, I, I have nothing to say other than what you give me, and I pray that you would send it forth with powerful, soul-convicting anointing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you just for a few minutes about the inspired, inerrant, infallible, ultimate authority of God's Word. Nothing is more under attack today than the Word of God. Hear me out. Not even God Himself, and there's a lot of anti-God going on out there. But there's a lot of people who want to hold on to a belief of God, but deny the power thereof. There's a lot of people in the world who, who want to say, I believe in God. Oh yeah, and I love the Bible. I have many of them around me and around my home, but then when you get down to the nitty-gritty of do you actually live it? Do you actually walk it out? Do you actually believe it? And there's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and you find out that there are a lot of people who claim to be believers who don't really, really hold fast to the belief that the Bible is truly the Word of God. So with that thought in mind, just real quickly, what I read to you this morning from our text, number one, all Scripture is God-breathed and inspired by Him. It came from God Himself. That's what we believe. That's what we attest to at Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church. We also believe that all Scripture is profitable for instruction. We believe that all Scripture brings rebuke and conviction of sin. We believe that all Scripture brings correction of error, error, uh, wrong teaching and doctrine. It gets that straightened out. When we get off into erroneous doctrine, it straightens us out. All Scripture brings about discipline for obedience in the life of the believer. All Scripture trains the believer in righteousness, holy living, conformity to God's will, and thought, purpose, and action. All Scripture furnishes, it provides the believer every advantage to produce 
good works. Say, well, I, that all sounds good, Pastor, and it sounds like something that I, I already know. Do you also realize that we believe that the Word of God, as we've already said, is totally inspired by God? God is the Bible's definite author. While God used human beings to record His words, we believe it is God Himself who is behind what they wrote. God didn't just inspire big ideas behind the Bible, but the very words of Scripture were God-breathed and inspired by Him. We don't believe these human writers became like robots or fell into a trance and mindlessly penned God's message, but God breathed out His message, moving them along to record what He wanted. We also believe that the Word of God is inerrant. What does that mean? Glad you asked. It's incapable of being wrong. The Word of God can never be wrong because God cannot lie, and it's His Word. It is infallible. It's incapable of having any mistakes or errors. How many of you know that? There's no mistakes in this Word. None. God's Word, the Bible, is the ultimate authority. The believer's faith begins with the commitment that God exists and that He has revealed Himself through His Word, the Bible. The Word of God is written by 40 human authors and they recorded it in three different languages in the original over 1,500 years. The Bible is the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. God, period. I'm going somewhere with this, so hang on. I like what a pastor, and he's gone on to glory now, but years ago, every time before he spoke and would give his message on Sunday, he would have the congregation make the following declaration about the Word of God. And it went something like this. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will be taught the Word of God, I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, 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 I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Might be good for us to boldly declare that a time or two. Especially when our minds don't quite get in alignment with alertness. (laughs) We might have wandering minds. I won't stay there long. Moving along. Historical and modern tidbits about 
the precious Word of God. I, I just wanted to share this with you. Copies of manuscripts found throughout history show the Bible has been transmitted accurately. How many know there have been numerous, numerous archaeological finds over the years that have confirmed the writings of this book? In other words, from age to age, from glory to glory, it has been confirmed over and over and over again that this word is intact, it is accurate, and it is truly the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of the living God. <clears throat> Modern archaeology has helped us to realize, and I, I love this little tidbit of information, there have been thousands of archaeological discoveries during the past century that support every book of the Bible. Do you understand that? So this isn't just something that's whimsical. It's not something that just somebody dreamed up one day and they threw it on paper and it's just a collection of thoughts. It is truly the Word of the living God. Even with this factual information, and I don't, I love George Barna. How many have ever heard of George Barna? He is a, he is a status, a Christian, evangelical statistician that takes a lot of uh, statistics from churchgoers and from uh, believers. And I like it, but I don't want to get so much involved in it that I take what George Barna says over what the Lord says. Sometimes we listen to so much negative of what people are saying is going on around us that we forget what thus saith the Lord and what He declares. And I'd rather declare what He declares. But here is something from a poll he took in 2022 and it revealed the following. Only 41% of lead senior pastors hold a biblical world view. Do you understand what I'm saying? Only 41% of my kind really believe that the Word is the Word and they hold fast solidly to it. That's astounding. It gets better or worse. Only 28% of associate pastors hold a biblical worldview. It gets even worse. Only 12% of youth and children's pastors hold a biblical worldview. Astounding. We're living in a day and age where people are wanting to tiptoe through the tulip, so to speak, and they don't want to accept this Word as being the inerrant, infallible Word of God, and they just want to have a nice little positive thinking message go forth and not what thus saith the Lord in these days that we're living in. 
If we've ever needed the Word of God, we need it in 2023. We're living in the last of the last days. We're living in perilous times, perilous days. And we need the Word of God to be able to get us through to the other side. It's not going to get better. I hate to tell you now, it can get better spiritually because we can, we're believing, we're declaring for revival in our nation in the world in which we live in. And oh, by the way, God is moving around the world. I just read out of Charisma Magazine this past week or charismanews.com that God is doing a great work in Iran saving Muslims. Praise God! Remember what Jesus said through that great supper parable? He said, invite everybody. Go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. And he's compelling them to come in because he will have that great supper. He's going to be having a full house when he has it. But let's get back to Barna's conclusion. He said, these statistics are evidence that the culture is influencing the American church much more than the American churches are influencing the culture. We've got a lot of churches that are being influenced by the culture. What's hip? What's acceptable? What will get more people in our doors? What will get, and for whatever reason, many people believe that Laying low about this word and what it says is the best way to do that. But I'm here to tell you, except God build the house, the laborers labor in vain that build it. Let's examine this a little further. You remember I told you I was going to come up with a little bit of illustrative sermonizing today. I didn't tell you when, but it's today. <laughs> How many of you like my nice little holy Bible? Now, before we get started, because I'm going to start ripping, <laughs> but everybody see my holy Bible? But this is just a notebook because I love the Word of God too much to use a real Bible to make my point. But I'm going to use this as an illustration to make my point this morning. If I were to take a poll of how many of you believe the Word of God is just as we have preached it and taught it thus far today, I believe we'd get a 100% maybe in the house that says, I believe the Word of God is truly the Word of God. But somewhere along the lines... Believers have developed and adopted a mindset that we can pick and choose what we accept and adhere to or don't when it comes to God's Word. Oh, you mean it says that? I don't like that. I don't want to hear that. I don't agree with that. Fooey on that. Hmm? Does it happen? Go right into Greensboro. 
maybe even around here, and see how many rainbow flags you see being touted by churches. Doesn't matter what the Word says. We, uh uh-uh. Nope. We don't believe it. We know that the Word says it's wrong, but no, we don't believe it. We're not accepting it. We're not going to, we're not going to accept that as being the Word of God. And somewhere along the lines, we as Christians, because here's where I'm talking to Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church, we are in agreement about what I just talked about, but unfortunately, believers in the church have adopted the mentality that you can pick and choose what you believe or what you don't want to believe or what you want to adhere to and not adhere to. And, you know, if there's something that you just don't believe is right or you don't want to follow, you just rip that page out of the Bible and say, I'm, go- I'm moving on. I'm moving on. And you still shout. You still maybe try to speak in tongues. You still may try to do whatever it is you do. But you're ripping out the pages of the Bible because you're not following what it says. You're not doing what it says. You're not adhering to what it says. Do you hear me this morning? We can't just pick and choose what we like versus what we don't like. I wanted to, in making my point this morning, and first of all, we need to realize we need to be reading the Word on a daily basis, on a constant basis. We need to be reading it. We need to be studying it. We need to be coming to the church and hearing it from the pastors, hearing it from those that are speaking it into our lives, the teachers, the pastors, everybody that has responsibility for giving the Word. We ought to be gathering in that spiritual, biblical knowledge every opportunity we have to receive it. And we need to adhere to it. We need to follow it. You know, we pride ourselves as as Pentecostals and holiness people. I know some of you are like me. And you grew up in the Pentecostal holiness church. And you can remember the days and age. And I will do my own vacuuming up here, Sister Wanda. But... We grew up when, you remember when there were a lot of do's and don'ts. How many of you remember that? Let me see a show of hands. Yeah. And we're so happy. We're so glad that we're not part of that anymore. You can, ladies, you can paint the old barn up. <laughs> and not, not suffer from the preacher preaching against it. <laughs> All of us men said, I'm getting real trouble this morning. Say amen. (laughs) We could go on and on and on and on and on with that thought and that mindset. But here's where I'm going with it. We're glad that we're away from that. 
But what started out, our forefathers and those that came before us, do you know what made them so strict? They didn't want to be tainted by the world. They loved God so much that they didn't want to be tainted by the world in any shape, form, or fashion. The devil took that and he began to twist it and he began to turn it until he made it into legalism and legalism became more important than godlyism. And it became following rules instead of following God. But the basic principle is the same principle we should be following today. We shouldn't want to follow and be like the world anymore. We shouldn't want to smell like the world. We shouldn't want to look like the world. We shouldn't want to be like the world in any shape, form, or fashion because this Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things of the world. Wow. So with that thought in mind and and moving very quickly now, I wanted to just look at a few examples that maybe we're guilty around here of ripping out. Now, I, I don't ever want you to accuse me of being a money preacher. I never want you to have the, the right or the ability to say, all that preacher wants is my money. All he talks about is my money. I don't want to be that preacher. I don't want to be that pastor because I believe that your giving should be God-ordained, God-inspired, and if, you, if he tells you to give, you ought to give. But how many knows this word says that you ought to bring all of your tithes into the storehouse. Let me just remind you, Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. But how many times do we say, oh, tithing, huh? I don't want to tithe. I don't want to give. Who's that little preacher think he is telling me I've got to tithe? I don't know. I'm just telling you what this book says. I'm just telling you what this word says. And I'm just giving you examples of where we kind of rip the pages out of the Bible and say, oh, mm, oh it says that. Ah, I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to accept that. I'm just going to do my own thing and believe and hope for the best. This is good preaching this morning. I'm going to have to come down there and and do my little thing again and say, wow, you, you need to really keep that good preaching up. All right, watch another area that we kind of can get a little bit antsy on. How many knows the Bible says, tell the truth. The Bible speaks over, from Old Testament to New Testament, it talks about telling the truth. Oh, well, I was in a kind of a tight bind and I needed to tell that little white lie. So, you know what? I'm going to rip that. Where it talks about not lying, I'm going to rip that out of the pages and I'm just going to lie. 
A little bit. It, it's a little white lie. How many knows there's no little white lies? There's truth and there's lie. Oh, me or amen. Watch another one. Unforgiveness. The Bible's very clear. If we don't forgive, he's not going to forgive us. We've got to forgive, but how many times do we have unforgiveness and we just say, oh, well, we're not going to... You just don't know what so-and-so did to me or you wouldn't be preaching that forgiveness. And in fact, you'd help me rip out the pages where it talks about forgiveness if you only knew how that person had wronged me. The Bible doesn't say that. It says forgive. It says forgive. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. You've got to forgive. And Romans 12, 19 through 21 says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If they're thirsty, give them drink. Be not overcome evil. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But I've heard people say before, but it sure is good when God lets me get a little piece of it. Uh-uh. That's not in there. You're ripping, you're ripping out pages again. He says it's his. It's not ours. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Where, where, what's another one? I'm glad you asked. Sowing discord and causing division. One of the seven things God hates out of the book of Proverbs is those that sow discord. Oh, well, I'm just telling it like it is. I'm just being honest, Pastor. You said not to lie. Well, if lying or telling the truth, rather, is going to cause discord, keep your mouth shut. Amen! Until you have the victory enough that you can speak the truth in love. Ooh, my, my. Glory to God. That is some good preaching, brother. Keep it up. That's good preaching. Y'all are getting an illustrated sermon this morning. Wow. Morality. Well, I, I didn't finish with the division, but the, the Bible, even the New Testament says, mark those that cause division among you. And stay away from them. That's what the Bible says. Oh, brother, well, we gotta, we gotta coddle bad behavior. No, you don't. It's time for the church to quit coddling bad behavior. We don't have time to coddle bad behavior. We've got to march on to the victory and believe God to save souls in these last days that we're living in. Have to come back down there again. Then another. Is morality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there he goes. He's going to get on that homosexuality thing again. No, I'm not. I'll mention it. But I'm going to get on the fornicating and the adultery. Hear me, church. It disturbs my heart greatly when I hear about so-called believers shacking up and living with somebody that they're not married to. It's not of God. And God's not pleased. Oh, well, we can just rip it out. No, 
Well, I don't know, but the Lord says, don't let your good be evil spoken of. Fornication, adultery, homosexuality. You see, we get real excited about when I talk about homosexuality, but do we get real excited about the adultery and the fornication? Amen. Amen. We're picking and we're choosing. And then over in Ephesians, and real quick, I hasten to a close. Real quick. Paul says, be angry and sin not. Well, in the previous verse he talks about in that fourth chapter of Ephesians, he says, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor... For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. How many times do we get angry and we sin? We yank that page out of here, out of Ephesians 4. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that, him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Is that you? Or do you rip that part out? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be, and here comes the good part, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearting, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Does that sound like who you are? Do you identify with that verse, or have you been so busy ripping it out and not adhering to it that it doesn't resemble you at all? I'm just asking. I'm just asking these important questions that, that beg to be answered this morning by every single one of us. Because I have a responsibility to tell you that I believe if we are ripping, if we're guilty of ripping out one verse out of the Bible, we're guilty of ripping out all of them. And I am sorry, but I don't know that you'll be ready if the rapture takes place. I would not want to chance it. And I believe that we're living in the day and age when the rapture of the church is going to take place. We got into a very good discussion in, in men's ministry meeting last month or this month. And, and we talked about, you know, people being ready and... And, and about how we have taught and what we've believed as a church. I don't think that we need to really concern ourselves with what we can or can't get by with, but rather we need to concern ourselves with living as close to God as we possibly can and adhering to the Holy Bible as much as we can. And in doing so, we'll be watching We'll be looking 
and we'll be waiting and we'll be ready for his return at any moment, at any time. That's what it's all about. I would ask you this morning real quickly, what have you been guilty of taking out of the Bible lately? What, what pages or what verses of Scripture have you been guilty of just ripping out and saying, well, it looks good, it sounds good, but no, I'm not, I'm not accepting it. I'm not, I'm not adhering to it. Have you attempted to just ignore certain things that you just did not want to obey or comply with? Obeying and adhering to God's Word is not an option for believers. It's just really not. He, did, did he give this word as options or did he say thou shalt? He said thou shalt. He said you've got, to, you've got to obey. Yeah, but that was the law. That was back in the lawful days. Jesus said that he takes the law to the fullest extent, to the, to the point that... He said, if you look upon a woman with, with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery with her. He says, if you hate your brother, you're the same as a murderer. If you have unforgiveness in your heart and you hate somebody, you're the same as a murderer. That's what Jesus said, not Russell. Jesus we can't pick and choose what we will or we will not accept and adhere to from God's Word. It is an all-or-nothing commitment. And that's what I want to get back to, and, and that's the focal point of my message today. It's not, it's not all, or it's not uh, just only taking a portion or a part but it's all or nothing in our commitment with the Lord. He's looking for people who will say, I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything that I am, everything that I ever hope to be. Every promise. You remember the little song we used to sing back in, in the day? Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, we need to fall back in love with this word and become committed to it through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to stop ripping out its pages. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to. I want to give an invitation this morning, but I, I want all of us to take inventory. And I want us to really be honest with God and ourselves, and I want you to ask the question, have I been guilty of ripping out a verse? Have I been guilty of ripping out a page out of the Word because I wanted to do my own thing? It's God's way or no way. It's God's way or the highway. Amen. Folks, it, it's just that simple. I don't know how, how much more plain this little preacher can tell you this morning. But 
I don't want any of us to be left behind because the tribulation... How many knows how bad the world is right now? Anybody want to be left behind and stay for the tribulation? Now, I know that we can debate about pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, and, you know, there might be scriptures for all of it. So it might be all of the above. I'm not here to... I believe that the rapture of the church will take place prior to the tribulation period. And that's what I adhere to and hold to. But it may be midpoint. I'm not going... I want to just be ready. When the Lord comes, when He calls, I want to be ready. I don't want there to be anything between me and the Lord. I don't want Him to say, Russell... You did well, but you didn't do well enough because you pulled out some pages out of my word and you didn't adhere to my word fully and totally. You disregarded my word. You treated it lightly and and you treated it as though it, it wasn't real. It wasn't truth. Would you stand to your feet this morning? And I'm going to pray a prayer and after I pray this prayer... I'm going to believe God to get a hold of our hearts this morning. And you can sit back if you want to. But I'm going to believe God to convict every heart, every mind, every soul, every spirit. And bring us together to really say we want to adhere to the Word of God once again, totally, 100%. Father, right now we believe that, Holy Spirit, you would convict every heart every mind, every soul, and every spirit that's hearing the sound of my voice this morning. I pray that if there are any here that have not accepted you as Lord and Savior, they will do that foremost. First and foremost. But secondly, I pray for the believers that would say and be honest enough with themselves and you today and say, I have yanked a few pages out of the Word. And I've not adhered to the full gospel of God. I'm guilty. And I need to be just restored back. I just need that that once again restoration in my soul that I will adhere to the Word of God from cover to cover. With every head bowed and every eye closed, If you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor Russell, I need salvation. I never really accepted the Lord as Savior of my life. And I'd like to accept Him this morning. Would you raise your hand while no one's looking around, no one's seeing you? Would you just lift your hand this morning? I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to accept Him as Lord and Savior. How many of you here would say, Pastor Russell, I may have been guilty of ripping a few pages out of the Word. I may have been guilty of not living totally cover to cover everything the Word has said for me to live. And I just want to make a bold declaration today that I will forevermore Live out the Word of God 100%. Can I see your hand today? 
Yes, 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 yes. All over the house, all over the house. I, I want us to do this this morning, and I'm going to come down here because I, I believe we all can be guilty of ripping a page or two or a verse or two out. Everybody that says, Pastor Russell, I've been guilty. Like it or not, I've been angry and I've sinned. Like it or not, I, I've held grudges before. Like it or not, I have, I have been guilty of maybe something you didn't even mention, but I know the Word talks about it. I know the Word addresses it. Can we all come down to the front this morning and make a bold declaration that we commit ourselves to the Word of God afresh and anew? Real quick, real quick, without further ado, can we all come Come now, without delay. Without delay. God is doing something in the house this morning. I, I sense God the Holy Ghost at work this morning. Ha, glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 God's doing something this morning in our hearts. I just felt it as you all began to come down to the front I felt the spirit of God because we're making a bold declaration folks we're living in perilous days and I don't know where all it's taking us I can't really tell you where all it's going to take us but how many are glad we're all in this thing together I know I am I'm glad we're in this thing and we're making a bold declaration this morning for the Word of God. We're going to stand upon it. We're going to believe in it. and We're going to adhere to it. And we're going to stand by the help and grace of God on the precious Word of God this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everybody that's come forward this morning, including myself. And Father, forgive us Forgive us corporately and individually any place we have failed to adhere to your word. We want to be known as word people. <laughs> Glory to God. I want Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church to be known as a church that believes and stands holy on the word of God. If we don't do anything else, I want to be blamed and and, and said, that church will not let you not be obedient to the Word of God without speaking correction into your life. That church will not stand for anything but holiness and righteousness because of the Word of God and base it all on this precious Word. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Lord, do a work in all of our lives and help every single one of us purpose in our hearts to obey this word to the best of our abilities. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the precious Holy Spirit this morning, I pray that you would fill our lives, fill our hearts, Fill our spirits 
up to overflowing with the Holy Ghost of God this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you feel led to go and pray with somebody right now, just do that right now before we close. I, God's doing something around this altar this morning. God's doing something in lives this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to do what only you can do. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, break our hearts, break our spirits, that we might be broken for your word this morning. That we'll leave here with a stern commitment. We will obey. We will obey. We will obey. In Jesus' precious, holy, and righteous name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel clean this morning. I feel like I've had a bath spiritually. Hallelujah.